This podcast replay is brought to you by HialeahParkCasino.com. From the loosest slots in the state to one of the most comfortable poker rooms in South Florida. Enjoy their smoke-free casino at HialeahParkCasino.com. All righty. Welcome aboard, baby. It is time to rock and roll from beautiful Hialeah Park, where we give you a lot more than you give us. Unlike Russell Wilson's charities, who don't give much. Anyway, welcome aboard. We're at Hialeah Park having some fun. Look up. Did you see that story? His charity gives only 23% of the dollar that you give to charity. (laughs) He got exposed today. That was not good for him, man. That is not good for him, man. Anyway, love the new billboard, by the way. They're boxing returning to Hialeah Park. Yeah, baby. We'll talk to Louis DeCubas later on in the program. Uh, We got a lot of things to talk about. Obviously, uh, uh, heat. We got the NBA trading deadline, which just ended now as uh, we got on the air. And officially, the Heat did nothing, right? I mean, they don't have anything. It is what it is. And very few people in town uh, have, that's in the media, of course, really have the balls to say what's going on with the Miami Heat. And so, you know, this, that's the burden that's always been left on me pretty much since I've been doing radio in this town for over 30 years, uh, that I'm willing to say the things that most media members don't want to say, can't say, aren't willing to say, are working for the team, or they're too worried about pissing off the Dolphins or the Heat or the Marlins or the Panthers or Inter-Miami or whatever, but I'm not that guy. Never been that guy, never will be that guy, not really afraid to actually say uh, what's going on. Right, Alarmo? And so there's a schism, and I'm not saying that there's necessarily a, a, a problem, like a personal issue with the team, but there's a disconnect that's been going on for several years, and Riley and the front office do the best that they can to fight through it, But you don't really have a committed owner to winning. I just got to say it, man. I'm sorry. When you're committed, you're not thinking about no tax. You're not thinking about luxury tax, man. And if you're thinking about luxury tax, then you're Dean Spanos, man. I'm sorry. And, And that's the problem that goes on because... You started the season with two spots that aren't even filled yet on the roster. You're already cheating your coach out of it. See, the worst thing that happened to Mickey Arison is that they actually breeded a guy like Eric Spolstra through the system, and he became a great, great coach. And so he coaches his ass off no matter who you hand him. And he makes it look better than what it really is. And then you take it for granted. And then you limit in what you can do money-wise because every time any writer comes out, well, you know, they're worried about the luck. And they must be getting that from somewhere. Somebody in the organization's constantly talking about the luxury tax. And brother, I, I, you know, that, that shit pisses me off. It just does then that means you really don't want to play in the billionaire's club. I'm sorry, man. I'm not. Listen, you're not running the country. You're not running a city. You're not running necessarily a normal business where, oh, my God, this is my end-all, be-all. I've got to be so fiscally responsible or I'm going to sink. You're not going to sink. You got more money than, you know, please, than you can ever print that you, your kids, your kids, kids, your kids, 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 and, you know, all the several, several generations will have plenty of money thanks to Carnival Cruise Lines and everything else that you do. And you're still making money with the NBA. But in pro sports, you got to be somewhat of a, a fan. You got to be somewhat fanatical. 
And if you're just going to run your organization always that way, then you're really not always ready to compete. And I know, listen, oh, well, oh, it's a lot easier for you to spend somebody else's money. Well, then don't get into sports, dude. Then just stay in Carnival and stay in IBM and stay in Microsoft and stay wherever you want. You know what I mean? Buy a casino. You can run it the same way. Every other business is run that way, not sports. Not sports. Poor owners get exposed. Cheap owners get exposed. Frugal owners get exposed. And really the problem with Miami is that the, is that the Arison family is not truly committed to being fanatical about winning every year. Riley wants to win, but if the front office is telling you, well, we got our limitations. And so then within the limitations, the financial limitations, then they have to take chances. And they have to do things that are not really conducive to really putting together a hell of a team. And the big three was kind of put together with Riley, but it was also the relationships of Wade, LeBron, and Bosch. So it was kind of a, a catch-22 there, you know? It wasn't really all about Riley. And so Riley now is put in a really difficult position for several years now. And he knows the owner's not going to spend more, so you're trying to, you know, convince LeBron, so you draft Shabazz Napier. You know, you don't have a lot of space, so you go get a Danny Granger and a McBob to try to entice, you know, LeBron. Hey, I got some extra pieces for you. And, you know, that's not really going to entice LeBron. And then your cheapness, okay, even though Mike Miller was all broken down, you know, I've thought about this now in hindsight. The Mike Miller move was the right move financially that he wasn't really much of a factor. But the problem is you were pissing off LeBron in the process. Because you were being cheap. And so if you want to keep the superstar, then you can't be cheap. And so even if Mike Miller is not that good, LeBron likes him, well, you keep him around. I mean, you keep UD around every year, don't you? There's a, a discombobulation of the Miami Heat. And that's the reason why. And then you've got Eric Spolstra in the bubble, kicking serious ass getting you to the finals. And if, if it wasn't for the injuries, they might have gotten lucky. They might have gotten 2,003 Marlins on them and won it. But that's Eric Spolstra. And then last year, he gets you to the Eastern Conference Finals where Jimmy is a shot away from getting you to the final. Not that they were going to win or anything, but the problem is Eric Spolstra spoils you because he gets the best out of scrubs, he gets the best out of great players. He gets the best out of good players. He gets the best out of anything and everything. You give him a Caleb Martin, he makes him something out of nothing. You give him Duncan, he makes him something out of nothing. You give him Gabe Vincent, he makes him something out of nothing. He gets a bum like Whiteside and makes him somewhat serviceable. And that's the problem. You got a great coach. That kind of hides all your deficiencies because you're not willing to commit and give him everything he needs. And he's a freaking rock for you. And he's there at every press conference saying, I have enough, I have enough, I have enough. And no, you don't. And that's the problem. And in this town, there aren't enough people that have enough balls to go and say what's really going on. Okay? Because... I know Stephen Ross has not accomplished sports-wise a fraction of what Mickey has with the three titles. But at least I will give Stephen Ross credit on this. There's never, ever, ever any flinching whatsoever in trying to win. Whether it works or it doesn't work, he doesn't care. He signs the check. So no coach that has ever coached here, no general manager that's ever managed here, could ever say, my owner didn't give me the resources. No, 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 no. You just didn't know how to use them. But the owner gives you every resource possible. He may not know, no, not may. Stephen Ross doesn't know shit about football, okay? All right? 
He doesn't know jack crap about football. I forgot more about football when I was 15 years old than Stephen Ross ever knew in his life, and he's 80 years old. Okay, let's put it that way. But I give him credit. As an owner, you just need to sign checks, dude. Get the hell out of the way. Sign checks. He hasn't done a good job of getting out of the way at times, but he does sign the checks. And I don't want to hear my billionaire owner talking about luxury tax. I'm sorry, dude. Then get in another business. Get out of sports. Sports is about competition. Sports sometimes isn't about logic. And it isn't, you don't necessarily own the team just because you live off of it. And if you do, then you're in the wrong business. Because some t- sports, sports owners have to treat their sports teams, their franchises, like toys. Vinny Viola and Doug Sifu do not flinch. Oh, you need Bobrovsky? All right, there we go. We'll sign him to this ridiculous contract. Oh, you want to trade for Kachuk? Let's go. We'll do it. Yeah. Oh, we're, you want to build another rink over here? Do, do I see Mickey spending his own money and building a, a rink somewhere, a, a, a practice facility somewhere out of his own money? I don't think so, right? It's usually tax money. In fact, the arena was built on Mickey's money, and then the city pays him back for it over 30 years. So he didn't even pay for the arena. You know, everything can't be jamón, as we say in Spanish. Just can't be easy for you, man. You know, and, and it's disgraceful that you go into a season once again with Udonis Haslam taking up a roster spot and a couple of other spots that you can't use. And you're telling your coach basically, oh, you have a lot less players than everybody else because we want to be cheap, because we want to save a couple dollars. Okay, and I know it's a couple million, but to them, that's a couple dollars, dude. I'm sorry. You know, don't kid me, man. You ain't going to lose anything when you do your taxes. Who are we kidding? I think I was born yesterday. So this team is going to have trouble getting to the point we all want them to get. They'll tease you because they got to freaking kick-ass coach okay look look at bam he's grown into a superstar finally many of you label mislabeled him a superstar because you didn't really have the balls to really say what it was he wasn't a superstar last year he's never been a superstar he's gotten good he's been close to all-star yeah fine but this year now that he's scoring was it 38 last night 14 in the fourth quarter. That's what that that when you when you score offensively in this league, that's when you're a superstar. And that's what he is now. Now he's a superstar. Now he's a franchise player. And thanks to Spo, you know, he's made him what he is. You got him in the 13th pick and he's molded them, molded him into a franchise player. But you the, the one guy we can't lay any blame on is Spo. He does the best he can with what he has. He has a team right now that cannot shoot threes. He has a team right now that the front office built the team around three stars. Not that Lowry's a star anymore. He's nothing. He's a scrub at this point, really, to be quite honest. He's just a bench player. He's nothing anymore. And his attitude and everything, and, uh, you know, that's a disgraceful contract. But this is the shit that happens when you're desperate, when you don't have the the power from your owner, and then you don't have a lot of options anymore because you've been doing all these. You you screwed up so badly with Dwayne Dedman now that you had to give up one of your precious second-round picks just to get rid of him. And the talk a year ago was, hey, you might be able to move Duncan for a first-rounder from somebody, you know, before he went into the tank. But now that he's in the tank, now you've got to give up a first-rounder in order to get rid of him. No less than that. And again, this is because you have to settle for these things that you find and unearth 
and you develop, but they're not developing into stars. They're developing into role players, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you need more than that. If your stars can't shoot, then you're going to need Tyler to be super special every night, and he can't be. Apparently, he doesn't know how to do that yet. Caleb still can't do that. Gabe Vincent can't do that. Duncan's on the bench. So you don't even have enough shooters around these guys. And this is why you're where you're at. And you built a team that doesn't fit in today's NBA. And that's because your owner keeps giving you limitations. And he's not willing to take risks. And risks that you may lose, but hey, now look what happens. And I already called it, right? I called the Lowry contract before it happened. I said it was a terrible deal. It's turned into a terrible deal. I said the Jimmy Butler deal is only good the first couple of years. If you don't get the superstar with him, you got to let it go because it's going to be a bad deal on the back end. And this is the fourth year of it. And I have to say I was wrong on the third. third and this year's kind of been mediocre. This is what I expected it to go down to because he hasn't played a lot of games. So this is what's happened. And you gave him an extension. My God, because you don't have many options. You don't have superstars that can come here. You don't have picks to go acquire superstars. You don't have an owner that's willing to spend. It's just, it's really a, a different, and then you spoiled us already because you've won three titles, you win a lot, and so now we're in the Shula mold on the back end of Shula's run with the Dolphins where he had, he wasn't doing well in the front office, like the Heat aren't doing well in the front office, okay? He was missing, like the Heat have done a lot of missing, a lot of bad contracts over the last 10 years here. Since the big three, okay, they have made a lot of bad decisions. I mean, a shit ton of bad decisions. And yet Eric Spolstra bails your ass out every time. So you 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 know this this team right now you you know making the playoffs is awesome, but unfortunately because we've been so spoiled, I experienced this with Shula. And and Shula's issue wasn't necessarily limitations; it was just a lot of bad, you know, bad decisions. Unfortunately, I don't know how they fix this because they're in a rut right now where they don't have a lot of picks in the future, so they don't have a lot of flexibility. They're going to be stuck with an albatross. Nobody. That's why Jimmy said yesterday, Kyle ain't going nowhere. Why? Because he knows nobody wants Kyle at this point. Because his contract doesn't expire until next year. So why are they going to carry that burden this year? It's a really screwed up situation for the Miami Heat right now. You know, you'll, you'll still be good. You'll get in the playoffs. But you're not going to really be an inf- impact. And that's what Riley's all about, is making a, a championship team. And we all know that, so we expect you to try to make a championship team and you're not even, you know. And, and last year, what it does is it feeds you false hope because you're really not that good. It's just that Eric Spolster's that good. That's really, the, that's really the thing. You know, I feel bad for Spo because you're not really giving your coach everything he needs to succeed. And yet, he gives you way more back in return with his, with his effort. And then I feel bad for the front office because they're juggling it and they're trying to do patchwork stuff and they don't really have all the resources because they do, their owner is not fanatical about winning. And that's a shame. So really, if you, if you want to talk about it, if anybody wants to talk about what's really going on with the Heat, of course, and they're not going to, they can't say these kind of things on the flagship station. They just can't, you know? But that's, that's the brutal reality of what's going on with the Heat. Love the Heat, man, but the commitment is not really there. I don't see Viola Sifu commitment. I don't see Steven Ross like commitment. I don't see the Moss Brothers type commitment. That's fanatical. Okay, the Moss Brothers built a stadium for fun in Fort Lauderdale. 
They say, yeah, we'll drop $180 million on a stadium just to keep it busy for a couple of years and all that. And you can say, hey, they made a whole bunch of mistakes with all those uh, 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 DPs, and they, but they paid all of that money, dude. <laughs> okay? They're willing to pay all that money. So I like that at least. They'll figure it out. I know Moss will figure it out eventually. Been around enough for the guy. I can see it. He's fanatical. I can see it in his eyes. He wants to win. He's not worried about counting pennies, you know, for the, for the, you know, the team, the players, the coaches. Not talking about anything else on the, on the business side. I'm just talking about just the players and the coaches. That guy will spend. Sifu Viola, they're going to spend. Ross, they're going to spend. And they're, not, and they're not worried about that. I don't see them crying cheap. Marlins cry cheap, and it's a shame that Mickey Arison cries cheap because you should not be. It's a bad look, man. What you got, bro? Ira Windeman tweets out, officially from the heat, no trades today, but with two exceptions and tax room gained from Dwayne Dedman deal, team has room for a pair of quality additions on the buyout market. Whatever. I, I, I got cheap, the cheap way out. You know, you, now you put the front office in a position where they have to go, you know, bargain hunting and they've got to go to the Goodwill store of the NBA. And that's where, so Mickey Harrison has Pat Riley shopping in the Goodwill office and you've got Eric Spolstra coaching Goodwill and, and he only can do so much. I, I, I got to tell you, it is a crime what they do to Eric Spolstra right now. Okay? If you want the truth, if you want to lie to yourself and all that stuff, and, whoa, whoa, we couldn't get Durant. You, you never had a chance at Durant. So I always laugh at this shit. Every time, it's like, look at the state of the team. Why would you have a chance at Durant? You've got no resources. We'd have given up our whole roster and Sioux Falls roster, right? Yeah. With what they got for Durant, basically have to give up everybody. They don't have five second rounders, <laughs> which I wouldn't give up for Jay Crowder because your team isn't. See, Milwaukee is in the window. They got to win now. So they adding a, a role player for them is important to their star. So that's cool. So I get it. Smart on their part. Even though I don't think Jay Crowder is even worth that much, but whatever. He hasn't played all year, so at least he's fresh. That's for damn sure. You can run his ass into the ground now. You can play him 40 minutes a game. But it's a, it's a shame, man. It really is. That, that, that's the truth about what's going on with the Miami Heat. And by the way, you know, we give you, uh, we give you some pretty good crypto advice here on the show, right? I think we give you some pretty good heat advice on the show, too. <laughs> what did I tell you yesterday? They were favored by six and a half. What did I tell you? With the Miami Heat, they're not good enough to be giving people that much points. I told you to take the Pacers, okay? And once again, lost by five. Those of you that keep, you, you take the heat as dogs, you sell the heat as favorites. That's just the way it goes, dude. I mean, I, I, they have won that way. I don't know how many times already lately, but that, that is like the easiest money that there is out there is betting against the Heat when they're, they're heavily favored like that because they have no business even giving bad teams a whole bunch of points. None whatsoever. It's really amazing. So there you go. Uh, no super chats in. I see Armand Gulek, Brian Walters, uh, Steven Gonzalez. Um, Dude67 says, good morning, question mark, question mark. Oh, you must be new to the show. That's what it is. Um, this is normal. You're new, obviously. <laughs> Uh, won some money taking Pacers plus seven versus Heat last night. Thank you, Big O. You should have won against the Magic. And what was the other one? I mean, it's been going on for several weeks now. That I, I keep telling you when they're heavily favored, I tell you, you got to take the other team. You know? 
um, Gary R., B. McD., uh, Omar Lopez, Travis Lavarette. Boy, I can't wait for the NFL draft. I need to see what things are going to look like next season. What a tougher schedule coming our way. I need to see what upgrades the Dolphins are implementing. We shall find out. And we'll get into the offensive line coach, too, uh, on the show. Yeah, Josh uh, is in. Uh, Jason Myers um, says, uh, second-round picks tra getting traded like Shiba Inu. <laughs> I like that, Jason. I like that. Daniel Barry. Uh, let's see. D -d 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 Jermaine says, oh, my God, I'm done with the Heat. I mean, they're still a good team, dude. They're going to go to the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's still a damn good, you know, accomplishment. But if you think they're anything like big, you know, and play and like, no, they're not going to go. They're not going to make any big time noise, you know. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else? Red Skelton. It's easier to make TMZ. I don't know what that means. Armando Swaim. John Beck rolled the Dolphins under the bus, saying Dolphins put them in a bad situation. It is John Beck. John Beck doesn't have anything to stand on. None of those guys. They, it, listen, you, you can be Rich Gannon, right? You can bounce around the league and then find your way. You can be Taylor Hineke, bouncing around from the XFL and the NFL, and you find your way. You know what I'm saying? You can go Jeff Garcia. You, you get shuffled away to the CFL along with Joe Theismann. And then you come back and Jeff Garcia has success. Joe Theismann ends up winning a Super Bowl. John Beck doesn't have jacked. John Beck wasn't good enough, period. Okay? Maybe he's good enough to coach, which he is, but he wasn't good enough to play. Or, you know what? Maybe John Beck was weak-minded. You know? Yeah, I've seen people in our business that they get fired and they don't try to, they don't try to fight. They don't try to get another job. I don't see them again in our, in our business. They completely disappear. What was it? You didn't have any, you don't have any value of, of your talent? You don't think you're good enough to be hired somewhere else? You afraid to fight? You afraid to fail? Let me tell you something. If you want to succeed in life, you better, you better be able to learn how to fail. Because that's part of life is failing. You got to get back up. John Beck failed and never got back up again. So I'm not sure what that story is, if that's, you know, a story or whatever uh, of John Beck rolled the dolphins under the bus. But John Beck doesn't mean shit to me. I watch John Beck. And if you think you're good, then you fight through it, dude. You go to the Arena League, you go to the CFL, and then you come back and you do the same thing Cam Wake did. Cam Wake was told in the NFL, in Giants camp, you're not good enough, get out of here. Sent to the CFL, and when he comes back, there's nine teams, including the Dolphins, wanting to sign his services. And where, where, where does he do? He comes here, and he ends up having one hell of a career. Maybe not Hall of Fame, but he had one hell of a career, Ring of Honor. I'll tell you that. I'll put Cam Wake in the, in the ring of honor every day of the week and twice on Sundays. And he never gave up. Those are the people I respect. Okay? You got to have some fight. If you think you're good enough, if you think you're good enough, then take on the challenge. Right? I mean, that's how it goes. I, I respect the man or woman that gets fired at a radio station. Probably not their fault more often than not. Some politics, new owner, whatever. But they go and find another job somewhere else in the same market, another city. They want to do what they love. So if John Beck was, if he thought that he was that good, because apparently that's what it is, it's up to you, dude. Not anybody else. Don't point fingers. You know, oh, woe is me and all that. that, that I have no respect for that. Zero. Okay? Zero. I'm with you. All right. It is uh, time 
Let's get out. Let's get out to Radio Row. My man Matt Verderam is out in the Super Bowl for Radio Row. Let's talk a little NFL. Let's step into the huddle. Thanks to our friends at Red Recover. Let's huddle up with fanside national NFL reporter Matt Verderam. The huddle is brought to you by RedRecover.com. RedRecover.com's wraps and pads are designed to deliver maximum benefits with each treatment anywhere you go. Go to RedRecover.com to learn more about red light with videos, blog posts, and over 40 years of medical research to treat pain, inflammation, and overall well-being. Here's NFL reporter Matt Verderam. All right, all right, all right. There he is, Matt Verderam. How you feeling, my man? Feeling good. It's a hell of a lot warmer here than it is in Chicago. It is. Oh, it's, it is Arizona. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But does it, 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 is it still getting cool in the evenings? Yeah, it was like 39 degrees last night. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, it still drops down. still yeah. drops down, but it's beautiful weather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually a cool little town, bro. I, I like that place. Clean, uh, pretty cool place. I, I enjoyed it the last time it was there. I went out there. It's been great. I mean, honestly, everything's right next to each other. It's easy. It's easy to get around. Everybody's been nice. Food's great. Um, I have no complaints. This is the first time I've stepped out and saw the sun all day long. So I've been out of Radio Row. But uh, it's been nice. It's been nice to get out, get a little lunch, and uh, say hi. Uh, are you, is Radio Row a dark room like the way Aaron Rodgers would like it? <laughs> a little too light for him. There's still lights on. But, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I'll tell you, it's it's been good. It really, it's picked up uh, quite a bit in the last couple of days. Uh, you know, Wednesday. Wednesday and Thursday have been really uh, seen a lot of action. Monday, Tuesday, a little quieter. Uh, the last two days, it's been it's been packed. It's been madness. So uh, before I before I get into all that, where do you think Rogers ends up? You know, there's a lot of talk around the league that it's the Jets or it's the Raiders. Right. And I, I think that's probably right. I kind of feel like he's going to go to the Raiders. You know, I mean, I, it's just a gut. Honestly, I mean, I think it's one of those two teams. I don't think he's going to be back in Green Bay. I think he'll be gone. Um, I just think the Raiders are so – like Brady now retiring throws such a, a monkey wrench into their offseason. I think they're going to panic a little bit. They are the Raiders. Um, and I, I, if I had to throw my money down on, on it, I would say the Raiders. But I, 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 but I think those are the two teams. I think those – I'd be surprised if a third team got involved. Well, with Derek Carr now visiting New Orleans, yep. I almost feel like the Jets are going to be on the outside looking in because I think I, I'm with you. I think Rodgers is actually going to end up with the Raiders. Um, he's he's more of a West Coast guy anyway, so he's closer to the West Coast. He gets to play with Devontae Adams again. Yep. Uh, and, and he doesn't have to deal with the mess of New York because that's a, that's a, that's a media mess that for a guy like yep. him – that may not be a good situation. And then Derek Carr now, apparently the Saints are all over this right now. And so the Jets might be the team on the outside looking in. They may not end up landing Carr or uh, or uh, uh, Rodgers. They may end up settling for yeah. Garoppolo. Well, you know, what's interesting, too, is if, if the Raiders move Carr and they can do it in a trade, they now have more capital than the Jets do to make a move. You know, so they, they can outgo they're going to because they already have their own draft picks. Um, and if they get something for Carr and they don't have to cut them, now all of a sudden you're in a position where you have more draft capital to spend on Rodgers than New York. Yeah. Uh, and, and and so, yeah, I think and, and their initial pick is better as well, by the way. So, I, I think for the Raiders, it makes no sense. Plus, if you're the Raiders, let's face it, if you don't get him, you have no shot in that division. You're not competing with any of those big boys. Oh, in no. The AFC West. So, yeah. I think for the Raiders, you're desperate. He'll sell a ton of tickets. He'll sell a ton of jerseys. And for a guy like Mark Davis, who comparatively to other owners is cash for, that's great. That That's a, that's a huge win on, in and of itself. Yeah, and you know what? And, and I was thinking about this. It's kind of crazy that you would trade for Carr before he gets cut, and then you can just outright sign him. But the problem is the contract he signs, he's signed right now too, is actually a, a contract-friendly one for an established franchise quarterback, actually. It's a little, it, it's like at 40, I believe, which if he goes out on the on the market, he might be able to ask for 45 plus. Uh, look, I think he'd get 40. I do. And that's what he's on now. Like, why, like to me, 
here's the other part of it. If you want him, he's not worth a pick or two. Like, that way you don't have to bid against anybody else. And, and, and by the way, if I understand correctly, that contract is year to year that you inherit. It is. So it, you, so it allows you to get out of it, too, quickly, whereas yeah. you and I know once he becomes a free agent, he's going to want a bunch of guaranteed money up front, and now you're going to be committed, and now you got to keep him around that if it doesn't work, you're locked in. So there's a lot of positives to actually trading him that I didn't realize now. No, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, we are all down in Mobile. I was talking to some people in the league about it, and they were like, look, the Raiders could still absolutely trade him. They are like, this idea that he's just going to get cut, like, there are going to be teams that are going to say, look, I'd rather just give up a, a mid-round pick right. and not have to worry about if I get him or not. Right. You know, and as you mentioned, and you're right, like, it's it's year to year. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can you can keep him for the long term. You can go year to year. Oh, and, and, and the crazy thing is, and I, and I know people might freak out, 40 a year is not crazy anymore for a, a, a proven franchise guy. That's what well, you're going to have to pay. You know, so it's actually not a crazy contract. And I mean, you're not giving up a big signing bonus right from the get-go. You could no. actually grab that year, that first year, and renegotiate it and give them some guarantees up front and make it even easier and break it out over the next couple of years. So you can actually I mean, turn that first year into cap space, too. People hear the number and they freak out, but they don't realize the market. All right. that matters in the NFL is your market. Right. Like what? Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott led the league in interceptions. He missed five games. He he's hitting forty million a year. Right. Like, and if and if Dallas tried to trade him tomorrow, they'd be able to trade him. Like, people don't understand. I think at times, he's a quarterback who's made Pro Bowls. Like, he's going to get forty million a year. He's not. He's not forty-five years old here. Like, he's going to get paid. It's not a bad contract to inherit. It's really not. Yeah, I'm with you there. All right, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little uh, a little Super Bowl, my man. Um, I'm I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm going I'm going with your team. I know everybody else is going against the grain, uh, and I just have a feeling that Chris Jones is going to blow things up. As good as that line is, I think he's the one you know, unblockable force. He's just like one of those guys like Aaron Donald and all that. Then I don't care what line you have. Chris Jones is going to get the best of you. And I think that they're going to disrupt the passing game of Jalen Hurts and keep him off kilter a little bit. And on the flip side, you tell me now, you know, people say you might be taking a homer approach on this, but I think the Kansas City secondary is kind of underrated. And I think that they're up for a challenge like this. Well, I, that was my main feature piece down here. Was I wrote about that youth is serving the Chiefs right now. They got three rookie corners and a rookie safety, and they've played really well down the stretch. Look, if anybody wants to say it's a homer thing, I picked them to lose to Cincinnati. Okay, I think they're going to win this football game. I just look, styles make fights in the NFL, and sometimes you can be the better roster, but it just doesn't match up the other way. I think the Chiefs just match up with Philadelphia a lot better than people realize. The Chiefs have a very good offensive line, especially on the interior. That's right. They they have a game where they run a ton of motion. It makes it hard to hone in on them. Mahomes got sacked the second fewest times of any starting quarterback this year in terms of sack rate. Like, Brady was the only one who was better. Mahomes got sacked, I think, 3% of his dropbacks. So, they've seen – I mean, look at, look at their division. Look at the pass rushers in that division. Like – it's a good sack much. They played the Niners. They hung 44 in the Niners. Like I, I think the Eagles are a very good football team. I also think it's a, it's a tough – I think it's tough. If Philly can't win up front decisively, I don't think they can cover the Chiefs. And conversely, the Chiefs are just going to blitz like crazy against Hurts. It's coming. They're going to run blitz. They're going to go cra- – and they're going to get press man, and they're going to put two safeties deep and say – we're going to bring five, six guys relentlessly. You're going to, and they're going to take away that advantage up front and make the Eagles beat them with everybody else. So we'll see. I wouldn't be shocked if the Eagles won, but I, I agree with you with the secondary. Like I said, I wrote a lot about them. They're, they've been really good the last couple of months. And when Trent McDuffie's been on the field for the Chiefs, they're barely giving up 200 passing yards a game. They're 12-1 and one in his start. So he's been a big key for them. By the way, I was laughing. You were comparing Mahomes and Brady on the on then getting rid of the uh, ball because uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Brady this year did, really had. 
didn't want anything to do with getting hit this year. No, I mean, not that, at all. That, that, he added a little extra sauce to getting rid of the ball this year because you could tell he just he wasn't himself, dude. You can tell. You know what I'm saying? As for Mahomes, he's always going to buy time. That's something that Brady's not going to do. So you know, it's there's always those risks there. And then in in this game, the other thing. Hertz was not accurate in the NFC Championship game. He was and, not. And I think KC is going to do a lot of that kind of stuff to try to get him off mark. And that's where I'm going to lean to the best pocket passer in the matchup. And he and and I think it's going to be and I think it's Mahomes. And I think Mahomes, you know, even with losing Tyreek, he has done a marvelous job of you know getting everybody involved, including, of course, Travis Kelsey. I think it's just, like, look, this game is unto itself, right? So, like, during the playoffs, even in the NFC and AFC championship games, you have two games to break down, talk about. There's no bye week. You get the Super Bowl week. I get, I've been here all week long. I mean, we're breaking down everything under the sun at this point. And I think sometimes you're just – I feel like we're going to wake up on Monday and go, yeah, you know what, the Chiefs won because Mahomes is ridiculous and they're really well coached. Like, that's it. I just think the one thing that has not been talked about nearly enough this week is the coaching. Like – Andy, this is fourth Super Bowl, Andy Reid. Steve Spagnuolo has multiple rings on his fingers as a defensive coordinator. I think the biggest mismatch in the game is Spagnuolo having two weeks to prepare for an Eagles offense. He's going to say, look, I'm not just going to let you run the ball down our throat. We're going to force you to throw the ball down the field against a lot of pressure. And if you can make those throws over and over and over and over, you win. But if you make one big mistake, right. if you hold the ball too long on third down and take a sack, if you panic and you throw a pick, game's done. The game's done. Like, if, it's, if the Chiefs get one or two extra possessions, good night. So I think Spagnuolo is going to be incredibly aggressive in this game. I, I think he's a really hard guy to prepare for because he does a lot of different things. Uh, do you know anything about Butch Berry, the offensive line coach the Miami Dolphins hired? Coming over from Denver, or at least was, was formerly of Denver. I mean, that, I remember you know, his time there being one that, um, you know, if you speak to people, and not not with the Broncos, but just people out of Denver, uh, you know, they weren't overly impressed with. But I, to me, I think a lot of it comes down to who do you have to work with? You know, I mean, can, do you have the right personnel? Miami's got some interesting personnel up front. They have some younger guys, also have a vet in Armstead, right, along with some others. And, um I, I would be lying if I said I, I knew an absolute ton about him, but I think you know he's a veteran coach. Comes in, I you know I like the way that they built up their their coaching staff. I think Fangio's an absolute home run. Yes. Um. I, and and I know we haven't gotten to talk about that because the last time we were on was down in, in Mobile, and we didn't know if he was going there or not. Right. But you know, listen, I I think he's going to have a lot more to work with in Miami than he did in, in a previous stop. Yeah, and, and listen, he, he's gotten some ter- I mean, some terrible reviews. Uh, he was here at the University of Miami. Yeah. They were bad uh, at that time. They allowed like uh, the third most uh, sacks in in the in FBS history that year. Uh, yep. So it was it was bad. And you know, I I, I just tell Dolphins sometimes people find themselves in different places, and you got to hope that you know what I mean. But finds the right combination. Right, finds the right combination. I mean, he's got three guys to work with in Armstead, in in. Um, uh, what's it called? The, what's the name of this? Uh, Connor Williams, the center, and yep. then Robert Hunt is a is an upcoming guard, bro. I mean, the kid practically played almost at a Pro Bowl level this year. He played really well as a as a. He's like one of those draft picks that actually has developed for them in a positive direction. So three of your five positions are pretty much solved. You got to try to solve the left guard and the right tackle uh, overall. Yep. So that that's not like. That's not the worst thing in the world for any offensive line coach. That's actually a pretty good place to be in. That's not that bad. And if you can fix the left guard, then you can always help with the right tackle. I mean, if you can just get it to where it's passable on the right edge, I always think it's interior first. I know look, the tackles are always going to make the most money. They're the pass protectors. Right. But you can help them a hell of a lot easier than you can help guards and centers. Like, if you're not good inside, you're screwed. There's, there's very little you can do. You can always chip. You can always help. No, it's not ideal. You, you, any coach would tell you. Hey, no, no, we've spot. seen God. we've seen it, bro. The left guard spot has been, oh my yeah, God, turnstile. Turn yes. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I, I think like like look, it, it kind of talking about Super Bowl. I think if you're good in the interior, as both of these teams are, 
you can always help the tackles. Now, the Eagles are not going to have to help the tackle. I think Chiefs probably help with Wiley. But you can do that. You can do that, and you can get away with it. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. If you are if you have a guard or a center who can't block, you got a problem. Yeah. Because there is not much. And it breaks down the whole rest of that side of the line. Guy comes through. Now your center's trying to help. Now your center's getting beat to the other side. It, it's a domino effect. So uh, how are the parties? Good. Good. I was at a party last night. Uh, I had to get up at 6 this morning. It was a little bit of a challenge, but uh, had a Gatorade and uh, splashed a lot of water on my face, took a shower, and uh, yeah, we made it happen. Man, okay. I'm professional. I got up. All right. Uh, how's how's Radio Row this year? How many people? Is it a lot? Pretty packed, man. It's kind of back to what it was. Really? Um, you know, Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. You know, Monday and Tuesday it wasn't. It was quiet. Slow. It's I thought, slow. like, I don't know. You know, I'm like, yeah. maybe we'll see. Yesterday it got pretty busy. Today it's ridiculous. Today people are just everywhere. So um, it was good. And we had on our show, uh, we had Deion Sanders, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Josh Jacobs, we had Joe Montana yesterday. Uh, we had Mike Golick stopped by. We had uh, Tony Richardson. So it's been good. It's been honestly, the last two days, it's been it's been really busy. Did Montana push Skechers? Is that what he was pushing? <laughs> I actually joked about it. No, he was, uh, he was working with Advanced Auto Parts. So okay, there we go. Man's yeah. branching out. Um, okay. but, you know, I, and I think he's back today doing Guinness, but I don't think we have a book today. Okay. All right. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Verderam. Tell him about stacking the box, my brother. Check it out every Tuesday. Uh, it is live at noon Eastern. Of course, stacking the box a column out every Monday. Uh, I tweeted out a story I wrote in July today. If you want to check it out, Rise of the Black Quarterbacks. It's obviously pertinent with Hertz and Mahomes. Uh, and then I had a couple stories this week, one on the Casey secondary which is, I think, really interesting. They talk a lot about each other, and Mahomes weighed in. And then there's also uh, one I put out today about Brett Beach and Howie Rosen. They spent nine years in Philadelphia together. Um, they're friends, but they're not talking this week. So uh, it's an interesting story. Uh, go go search it out on my Twitter feed. There you go, at Matt Verderan. Matt, as always, thank you, my brother. Enjoy Phoenix, my friend. Enjoy the game. We'll talk next week. Thanks a lot, Figo. Thank you. You got it, baby. Anytime. There you go, Matt Verderam. We love them. Always great stuff. RedRecover.com. We step out of the huddle. And don't forget, RedRecover.com. Go to RedRecover.com. You're dealing with a, a, a former injury, surgery, soreness from working out, shoulders, elbow. Maybe you got a little tennis elbow. It, it, does pickleball give you elbow, too? Because a lot of people play pickleball, too. I don't know. Maybe you get some sore knees. You need a wrap for your knees. You need a wrap for your feet. You need a wrap for your ankle. Whatever it is, it can help you optimize workouts. It can help you also in dealing with some of the discomfort that you have from those old injuries or an old surgery. And red light therapy is so amazing, okay? They've got the pad for your face for the ladies for the wrinkles so you can get rid of the, you know, the uh, crow's feet, as they say, and you can use this here too. So the pad, it's only like five or ten minutes, I believe, it's amazing. Red light therapy can help do so many things. If you have a scar that you just had surgery, okay, not an old scar. It's already healed and gone. That's it. The mark is the mark. And, but you want to avoid leaving a mark, right? Well, you can go to redrecover.com. Check out the videos, how athletes talk about it, how patients talk about it, how scar victims will show you before and after by using red light therapy, how the scar can disappear. We have um, uh, wraps for the dogs, little dogs, bigger dogs, their, their hips. You know, some have some issues. We have one listener that had a Yorkie that had broken legs, and they put... They inserted some steel rods in there and still was kind of uncomfortable. Since putting on the wraps, getting the blood flow going in that area, now the dog's a lot happier, moving around a lot better. So now the Yorkie's a little happier, and you know you're going to be happy. If our dogs are happy, we're happy because you know dogs make us happy. Because when I get home, my four dogs make me incredibly happy, man. So take care of your dogs. Take care of your family. Go to redrecover.com. We've got 30% off right now. And before it goes away, take advantage. 30%. It'll go back down to 10% soon. So 30% off. Go to redrecover.com. You're going to save yourself a lot of money, and you're going to save yourself from a lot of pain and discomfort. This has been The Huddle with NFL reporter Matt Verderam. RedRecover.com helps pros and everyday warriors heal on the go with their medical-grade, highly specialized devices designed for each area of the body. Go to RedRecover.com to learn more about red light with videos, blog posts, and over 40 years of medical research to treat pain, inflammation, and overall well-being.
All right, all right, all right. We back. As always. Oh, there we go. Essential moving experts. Yeah, my man, Sean Williams. You guys moving locally, nationally, statewide. There you go. Call my man, Sean Williams. 386-213-4054. That's 386-213-4054. You're moving your office, moving your home. And by the way, they store your goods for 30 days. So if you're moving from one home to another, but things aren't ready yet, they can actually store them on the house for you. That's part of their service. So why don't you call Sean Williams, Essential Moving Experts. They will help you out ah, anywhere in the country. Ah, and we know we got a lot of you moving to our state in Florida. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Uh, Barry knows the side zone blocking scheme, so that's a plus. Barry. I don't know what that means. Barry. Butch Barry. Oh, Butch Barry. Uh, look, man, let's talk a little bit about this, okay? Uh, Dolphins hire Butch Berry. We talked about it yesterday. He's got terrible reviews. Um, they were laughing at him uh, over there in, in uh, Denver. Uh, players publicly were, were, you know, going after him. Uh, they celebrated when he was fired right away by the interim coach. Uh, I just uh, I retweeted a, a, a trainer that uh, – is involved with some of his former players, and they were like, "How does that guy have a job?" and all that stuff. So, and, and he and the and the offensive line was a disaster the year he was here with the University of Miami. He wasn't here for a long time. He's bounced around a lot. McDaniel knows him, so we have to, you know, I guess trust McDaniel. And and in the end, look, Butch Berry maybe. I don't know, maybe things didn't work out with him wherever he was the last couple times. And, you know, it it just wasn't his time. And maybe now, you know, the light goes on, he's in the right place. And what we have to do with Butch Berry is, and I I, I talked about this on Twitter with somebody, we just have to, you know, turn the page, man. And and he gets the clean slate here. Because he hasn't been a bad coach for the Miami Dolphins. And who knows? Maybe this is part of his growing process where you bounce around a little bit, you can't figure it out, and then eventually, here it goes. I just kind of get the feeling that Frank Smith is still going to be in charge of the line, and Butch Berry is the offensive line coach, but he's kind of like the assistant. He's going to what? Hold the bag? Is that what you said? He's going to hold the bag and bark at people. Right. You know, I almost get the feeling that Frank Smith is still going to be the guy, you know, like he probably was last year because Applebaum obviously wasn't good enough. It's, it's a screwy situation, but I don't think, look, with all the terrible reviews, I think it'd be unfair by all of us to give up on the man without giving him a chance. Okay? We got to be fair because there's a lot of places – where people go and they don't fit and they don't fit and they don't fit and then they find a place where they fit and they they do well. And there are some people that maybe this is who he is, unfortunately. This is who he's going to be, unfortunately. You know what I'm saying? Those are the things that we cannot measure, man, unfortunately. How many unfortunately's am I going to say? A lot. I got to give him a chance. So he gets a clean slate here, and we'll see if he can do a good job. And we'll find out. That's all. Hey, look, Mike McDaniel's a new coach. This is part of the process of being a new coach, is figuring out a staff and then filling that staff. See, that's a change on the offensive side. We were worried about him then having to inherit the defense and the special teams last year. That's a challenge for him. And obviously, Danny Crossman was like the coach that you would have to change out of all the guys last year, and he's still here. Now, is he still here because they don't think he's, you know, that bad? They just think certain things didn't, you know, end up helping him this year. Like some of his players had to play defense, so it didn't help his special teams. He didn't have a returner. You know, Jason Sanders, is it really his fault that Jason Sanders, the last 
year before this last couple of games was kind of off kilter. I mean, I don't know how much more you can control a kicker's mind to be so maybe they feel he's or maybe he hasn't been able to find a special teams coach that he'd like to hire before he lets this one go. Clearly, he had Fangio already in the wings. That's why season ended. He got rid of Boyer right away. Did Boyer favor? And he already knew what he had. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of responsibility having to replace coaches. And this is the test for Mario Cristobal and Coral Gables and for Mike McDaniel here with the Miami Dolphins. But I'm going to give Butch Berry, you know, the benefit of the doubt now. He has to get that. The only thing I would say is, that, well, we had a guy that was doing cocaine here before, you know, practice, but he could coach. <laughs> uh, should have kept him off coke and kept him. <laughs> Tommy Scheffler says, Zach Thomas, Hall of Fame tonight. I hope so. God. John says, why is Mickey Harrison so cheap? Did you just listen to the beginning of the show, John? I mean, you know, I just, yeah, you might be catching up, but man, just listen to the beginning of the show. I I already kind of went into it and explained all angles of it. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Don't want to hear that. Flo went through the same growing pains, but... Uh, you didn't cut him slack. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because it's three years in. You know? O'Shea, brother, if you're going to say stuff, don't say stupid shit, bro. Did you watch the offense this year? It scored a ton of points. They couldn't score with flow. What the hell are you talking about, dude? And Any questions about offense with flow and offense with Mike McDaniel? Come on, bro. What the hell's wrong with you? See, some of you, I, I get it, bro. O'Shea, you're a butthurt little bitch because you said that Tua couldn't play. So you still butthurt now. And Flo is not a guy to be defending because he couldn't beat. He couldn't, he couldn't create a damn offensive staff. Okay? And that comparison is stupid. Okay? Just like when you didn't think that Tua could play. Stupid. Uh, some of you, you think I don't remember stuff? You think I don't remember who you are and the shit you talked? Yeah. I'll remember you, bro. I'll remember you, O'Shea, and I'll bury your ass. Doug checked Barry's stats, and apparently he's pretty decent. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things. We'll find out. We'll find out. That's why... I could tell you the reviews weren't very good. But you got to give him a fresh start. That's it. He might be way better here or he might not make it here. I don't know. Matt Applebaum got his opportunity and you moved on from him. That's all. You're not going to hire a perfect staff right off off the bat. You're going to have to tweak little things here and there. And you're going to lose people to other places. So, I mean, it's the only thing we can do, Red. You have to give him a, a fresh start. It's what he deserves. You know, it's unfair to, to kill the guy when you haven't even given him a chance. Look, like I said, Frank Smith is, to me, looks like the guy that's in charge. I like him. He, he looks like a good coach. They got a lot of good coaches on, that, on the offensive side. And now with Fangio, you know, that's pretty good. O'Shea doesn't know that because he's not very smart. But Mike McDaniel, in his second year, well, he's got the offense down pat, and now he got the guy for the defense. He's, like, completed the offense and the defense, something that Flo couldn't do, but O'Shea's going to try to defend that. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll, defend, we'll defend the guy that couldn't get any offense going every single year he was here, the guy that was crapping on Tua the entire time, the guy that wanted Jabroni Brisquette, that's the guy O'Shea wants. <sighs> Quiet, O'Shea. Make sure when you, when you talk, you actually make some sense. Or we'll crush you. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Smith was arguably our best coaching acquisition last year. Yeah. Well, Bevel also. I think it's super important to have that quarterback coach. Okay? Big time. Super important. So, uh, John Yang, it's about race with O. It's about race with O'Shea. Ah, well, you know. You know, some people are like that, unfortunately. They're trapped in their little bubble, and they only see things one way. If that's the case, O'Shea, then I'm sorry. I feel sad for you, my man. I feel sad for you. Anyway, so we got that on Butch Berry. 